Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Wake Up Late with Dougie Show. I am your host, Dougie Almeida, coming to you from Simpsonville, South Carolina. We appreciate you joining us today here on the show. We got a great show. We got a great guest. We got some fun stories. And as usual, it'll be entertaining. It's an hour long, for God's sakes. And uh, I'm excited. I'm actually going to be in Vegas this week. So if you're in Vegas, come to the LA Comedy Club on Thursday at 6 p.m. at the Stratosphere. I'll be competing in the World Series of Comedy. Also on Friday and Saturday, I'll be at the Las Vegas Live comedy room with edwin san juan come out there go to dougiealmeda.com gonna be going to vegas can't wait to go to vegas but uh hey what a great way to start the week for me by uh having a great guest here one of the funniest comedians i known and have ever known and uh just just a great dude uh everybody big round of applause for our special guest today mr jimmy schubert what's up buddy hola mi amigo hey hola <laughs> boy you've been in florida too long man you're speaking spanish now well, no, bro. It's just, uh, it's, uh, you know, I get, you got to use the language. I really don't have that unless I go to Home Depot. I really don't have the chance to use it as much as I'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> I was figuring you, you've been in Florida now. It's been a little over a year, right? You've been in a, it's been a, year yeah, this, a little uh... over a year. I actually, you know, it's, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I probably had more auditions here uh, than I've had in Los Angeles in the last four years. In the really? Last Acting four on, yeah. Nice. What's that? Yeah, acting auditions you're talking about there in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I was, uh, um, yeah, it's interesting because it's just a different way to do it because no one's doing anything in personnel anyway. So everything's via, you know, you videotape it uh, on your iPad and upload them to Vimeo and then send links so they can watch the audition. But uh, one way around, I guess a lot of people have left Los Angeles, uh, you know, so they've kind of just, when you slate now, you got to tell people where you're at. But a lot of the productions have moved uh, filming to Atlanta, Georgia, which is, as you know, on this coast, and it's right up the road a little bit, maybe like two hour right. flight. And so uh, it's interesting. There's 60 to 80 television productions being shot in Atlanta right now, uh, you know, because they got a 40% tax break. But also, I mean, it seems like where everybody's at. I mean, they're hardly, I mean, I guess they're still doing some stuff in Los Angeles, but. Uh, it's nice that it's spread out kind of a little bit, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, Florida was a big spot, and then they got rid of that tax credit, and Georgia took it over and took advantage of that situation, and everybody... Yeah, it's kind of... I don't know why they got rid of it, but they did. And so, uh, yeah, they used to film a lot of stuff here. That's I actually did a movie down here many years ago that got me into the Screen Actors Guild. I got Taft-Hartley into the Guild, and that really kind of changed the trajectory of my career because, as you know, it's a really tough union to get into. But I mean, yeah. even as, you know, even as you get into it, it's very, you know, it's tough to maintain it because a lot of the people in that union hardly make a living. You know, there's the top tier people that make a, an amazing living and then there's kind of everybody else, you know? Yeah. What isn't there like you have to do a certain amount to maintain your SAG, uh, your SAG card? Uh, there... No, I don't know. You have to do a, You have to maintain a certain amount of work to get your health insurance. I think you have to make over twelve thousand a year, or uh, over twenty-one thousand a year, and then you get Plan A, which is good health. But I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, the way it trickles down. You know, yeah. especially now. I mean, it used to be, you know, Screen Actors Guild and a and after were separate unions, but since the merger of these two unions, I, I mean, it really, they're. I mean, I don't know why you would have a fucking actor run your fucking union anyway. 
I want a guy who knows yeah. how about running. I don't want a guy who knows about running. I don't want you to act like you know how to run a fucking union. I want you to actually run the fucking union. I want Jimmy Hoffa up there at, at, at the fucking thing, you know, because whoever, yeah. like, it's it's just so, uh, they have not looked out for the well-being of the majority of the people in the guild. It's very tough to, it's very tough to even make the basics uh, to get your health insurance covered, you know? Well, that'd be and that'd be great. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm paying about $1,200 a month for my wife and I right now. And uh, we're going through something that I've, I've been freaking out because I haven't paid any of my wife's claims and something we're going through right now. And a lot of sleepless nights wondering if I'm going to go bankrupt paying for uh, some of the shit that's going on. But a uh, little good news on that. So I won't bore anybody with that. But uh, well, man, that's know, great. I mean, well, but, you know, because, bro, because these politicians really care about us. You know, that's what the <laughs> thing is. I mean, you know, they really do. I mean, I mean you know. I mean, when GoFundMe is how most people get their medical bills fucking taken care of in this country now, you know, I don't get me started on the whole fucking thing because uh, you take up a whole podcast in itself. I mean, you know, we're the only nation that uh, after World War II didn't start some kind of socialized medicine. And people go, oh, well, you know, it would have been better than, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's really crazy. Like, you know, we, we don't really live in a country. It's a fucking mental institution. You do all the mm-hmm. research and development on these drugs, and the people who need them can't afford them. And so they got to go up to Canada and buy fucking knockoffs, or they got to buy genetic versions of those drugs. I mean, it's, it's not even, that's not even, you don't live in a country. That's a fucking mental institution. I mean, that's why you can't run healthcare for profit because you're talking about people's fucking lives. I mean, I yeah. get that you have to make money and all. I get that. But it's so funny. Like you go to the emergency room now, they said you bill for like, you know, twelve thousand dollars, and then you have to call and go itemize this fucking bill for me, and then it drops down to like fucking twenty five hundred or thirty six. You know what I mean? Because you can't yeah. justify charging me fucking eighty dollars for an ACE bandage that I can get at CVS for uh, three ninety four. You know what I mean? I mean, it's really stupid. Yeah, you got. We you live, definitely got to audit. Like, you know, you- I was going to say, you definitely got to audit your bills from the hospital or doctor. I remember years ago, my father, when he went to the hospital, we, I looked at the bill and there was uh, I didn't realize my father had his vagina, um, you know, uh, examined, you know, I asked my father, good dad, I've known you so many years. I didn't know you had a vagina and that was like $1,100 on his bill. Um, well, what, I, you know, what do you, I mean, he was, he was some sort of treatment he was getting for, yeah, my dad, dad had Parkinson's and stuff. So he had gone to the hospital. I can't remember what it was actually for, but when I was looking through the, the itemized bill, I'm like, you know, vagina, whatever, what is tests or this and that. I'm like, oh, that. Was, oh was a, a gynecoplasty. Yeah. Some shit, you know, they were, they were giving him the, uh, the, uh, the husband stitch, whatever they called it. I don't know. What they it was. get, they give him a, they give his prison pocket a lift. What do they do? They fucking went in there and tightened <laughs> up the prison pocket. So then yeah. they went in there and so the elasticity back in his fucking leather Cheerio. What, yeah. Was it, uh, yeah. Is that what they did? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My father was like shitting like a soft ice cream cone. Uh, they tightened it up. So hey, much. Well, I, everybody, I, you know, everybody does at some point, you know what I mean? You get a fucking, I was at a club in Cleveland and I come off stage after my show and this guy comes running up and he goes, you know, I'm kind of a performer myself. And I said, Oh really? I said, what do you do? He goes, Oh, I'm a competitive eater. I said, Oh, like Nathan's hot dogs. He goes, Oh yeah. Like Nathan's hot dogs. I do a Buffalo chicken weed eating contest. I was in a Rocky mountain oyster fucking eating contest. I go, Oh, that's great. You ever place? You ever win one or come second or third? He goes, ah, never, never placed. But, uh, and he pulls out his phone. 
and he starts showing me pictures of the shits he took oh. after the day he was in the eating competition. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. That's a looks like a cursive J right there. That's pretty impressive. That's uh, fantastic. What, what I call this one Mr. Softy, you know, in a show. Like, <laughs> I, like I was going, you think, that's when you think your life's pathetic. You only think this guy's got the show. Yeah. <laughs> His bowel movements. Our pictures, our pictures of shits he took the day after reading competitions. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Some people show pictures of their children, you know, their dog, you know, yeah. where they just went on vacation. But this guy just shows his uh, his creation. You know, bro, I was I, I, I was a little disturbed by it myself. You know, it's a shame and they didn't Jim have a fucking corn. Just, I was I was, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked that they don't have a corn in a cob eating contest. You could just eat fucking corn and then you would eat so much corn. You would just shit like an ear. <laughs> And you were corn held together by little clumps of brown smudges that would go out the same way it would in because it never doesn't, <laughs> it, doesn't fucking, it doesn't digest. It would just yeah. come out like a fucking lie. <laughs> because it doesn't digest. It would just come out as an ear of corn. Anyway. Yeah. Things about on his downtime for a thousand hours. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, if, if you eat that much corn on the cob, which, by the way, I've been eating a lot of lately. It's delicious. Um, if you eat that much corn on the cob, you can next thing your underwear is going to look like a Jiffy Pop, you know, fucking balloon blowing up. Uh, yeah. You know, that'd be a that'd be a funny visual. I was going to ask you, is Florida treating you well? So you're getting acting roles and stuff like that. Did you, you, know, you spent a couple summers in Florida, which is brutal. Hey, listen, bro. Summers are brutal everywhere. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's hot in Las Vegas. It's hot in New York City. It's fucking hot everywhere in the summertime. That's why, hence the fucking summertime. It's not because it's uh, you know, I'm a granite. It's a little, a little more humid down here. But I travel for a living, so yeah, it's hot here in Florida. But I travel, so I don't always have to be here. I'm going to get ready to head to Philly. It's you know, it's hot everywhere. It's all right. I don't mind it. I'll, I'll take the other. That's three months out of the year. Three months out of the 12 months. The other, yeah. you know. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, we, you mentioned California because you moved from California. And, you know, part of the one of my questions for you today, and uh, let me ask you, was how can anybody live in California anymore? Wildfires, power outages, cost of living. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I mean, people like people stay there because of the entertainment business. You want to be there because that's where everything is. But like you mentioned, that's changing as well. So what the fuck is keeping people in California besides beautiful weather? Well, people people have family members there. They don't want to move away from their family. You know? Um, uh, I get calls, probably seven to ten calls a month from people out in California thinking of just asking me about how they like, how do I like living in Florida? I mean, I think... Um, you know, it depends what you want, man. So, like, like some people like that. Some people just, you know, they love living in a high crime area. It's, it's just not enough for them to like leave. They want to sit in traffic for hours and hours on end. They want to pay a ridiculous amount of taxes, and they want to have their lives threatened at night when they go out and uh, sit in a restaurant, have a couple guys come in with handguns and, and rob you. So, so, some people like that, and they like to live like that. I, on the other hand, do not like to live like that. I, I don't like paying. I don't like paying. I mean. There's no state tax here. There's no state tax. There's no city tax here. There's like, you know, they make their taxes on the tourist dollar. So that's fine. 
Look, I, people can do what the fuck they want. I, I, I'm just, I know one thing. Since I've moved here, I'm a much happier human being. I've lost 30 pounds. I go to hot yoga three days a week. I work with a trainer. I've, uh, I'm, I'm eating healthier. I'm eating clean. I had to move from California to Florida to afford to be in California. <laughs> it's perfect. I love the bug. Uh, which, uh, you know, and that, that was one I was going to ask you. Could you ever see yourself leaving or going back? To California, any, any? No, I'm going out there to visit. I mean, I'm going out there. I'm, I'm doing a couple. I'm doing a West Coast run, so I'm going to pop in and see some friends. You know, I miss some of my friends out there. I'm going to swing by the comedy store and the improv. I'm going to do some stand up out there at the place. But <clears throat> that's all it is. That's enough to <clears throat> you know. I'll enjoy my fucking. I'm just. I'll go to visit. I have friends out right. there. Yeah, perfect. Got, just I'm not go going to buy any stretch of imagination would I ever move back there. By no, 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 sir. That you're part a Floridian. The, you're oh, a Floridian now. Well, no, well, you know, my brother has a place down here. So they come down like probably 18 times a year and they come down to visit so I get to see my nieces more. I'm also, you know, I can jump on a plane tomorrow. I'm going to go see my family for a couple of days. I go see my mom and dad. And lucky enough, are still alive and still with me. And so I'm going to go spend some time with them and pick up a gig and just do a casino up there called Parks Casino. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, I, I, you know, it's just, uh, I, I'm just, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm really kind of happy. I'm really, really happy. I enjoy my life immensely here. That's great. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, it I, felt like my life is completely different, though. I mean, I get a look, don't get me wrong. 20 years ago, California was something special. It really was. California was awesome. It was amazing. I used to live in Malibu. It was killer, man. Uh, and I was a Mecca. I used to do, you know, I did 15 episodes of the King Queens and going to Sony lot and, and doing movies and stuff out there. You know, I've got a lot of, I mean, I spent, you know, I was at the comedy store for a long time. That's like my home club. I mean, you know, um, so I have a lot of fond memories out there from a time gone past. You know, yeah. uh, the problem is that is not the California that it is now. It's not the same California. So people always go, yeah, I want to go back out. I go, okay, help yourself, man. I mean, I, I just, for me, I like, uh, you know, I've, been, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this like 30 years. So I'm, I'm good. I, you know, I've, I've, done, I've done it. I've been all over the world fucking 12, 15 times. I mean, I, I've been everywhere in the United States. Uh, 15 times Canada down South America, all the islands, the Caribbean, Kosovo, Israel, uh, Germany, you know, Ireland. I've done festivals in Ireland. I've been to China three times, Nanjing, Suzhou, Wuxi, Shanghai, Beijing, uh, Macau. I did Singapore. I've done, I've toured the world extensively and I've toured, uh, you know, I've done a lot of armed forces shows for the military, been to Afghanistan and the Middle East. During, uh, during the wars to entertain the troops and, and all through South America, you know, Greenland, Cuba, Guant you know, Guantanamo Bay and all, all through there, like uh, Honduras and El Salvador and stuff. So I've been around the world enough. I've seen the world. I went to India with Russell Peters right before COVID hit. I've seen a lot. There's only a couple places left that I haven't been that I want to go. And uh, one was, uh, you know, Italy and probably Scotland for a golf vacation. Other than that, I've been everywhere. And that's and that's, that's cool, man. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed in that way. I've been able to make a living doing something I love to do, but I've also used that same skill set to be able to travel the world and and, and just different things. I mean, for me, that's uh, like I, I, that's kind of like a, I've had like kind of the perfect little career. I've done enough of what I wanted to do and some of the things I needed to do, 
and uh, some of the things I like. I like things that feed my soul. I like passion projects. I was able, I was certainly able to do a lot of that stuff. I really, uh, I, I used to do those military tours probably once, once a year for probably six or seven years there because uh, I enjoyed doing it so much for the guys. You know, yeah. these guys were in harm's way, and uh, you know, and and I've talked to you know guys would say, I, I mean, I still got a guy that. Uh, uh, as a master sergeant, um, comes to all my shows, gave me a great hat. It says uh, honorary ranger Schubert. He gave me a hat, but these guys, they, they don't, they don't forget that man. When you, you fly, I flew to Afghanistan in the middle of his war zone with Steve Byrne, Pedro Hernandez, Dave Mordal, and uh, um, Drew Carey, and we did shows over there, and it was a terrific once in a lifetime experience, man. And so. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't. It was definitely adventure travel. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I mean, pack how, anything more than a backpack. I hear you. I mean, how rewarding is that to do that? You know, a you're getting to do what you love, and you know you're doing it for folks that really deserve it. You know, what well, I mean? you know, it's no joke. I mean, you are in the middle of a war zone, bro. You're flying on an Alpha Class Chinook helicopter. You got an Apache escort. You're flying like, you know, we get off the chopper. Guy goes, "What are you doing here?" I go, "We're the comedians." He goes, "Yeah, but what are you doing here?" Like we must suck or something. You know, they say over there. I go, he goes, you should have been here about this time yesterday. They were shelling us. I go, that must suck. He goes, no, nah, not really. They're not very good shots. Come on. You know, and <laughs> chopper going off. And that's crazy, man. And you got, you got to fire the weapons and you got to, uh, man, it was just, and you couldn't have gone with a better guy than Drew Carey. Drew Carey's done that a lot. Drew Carey used yeah. to be a Marine. Drew Carey was the sweetest, nicest guy to tour with. I mean, it really, it was like, you couldn't, a guy took every picture everybody asked. I mean, just and just a fun guy. We had fun. We it was uh, as crazy as it was. It was fun. I, I was. You know? I'm going to skip through my, my my outline to you because that that brings me to a question. Like, you know, I've been doing comedy now 15 years, and I had somebody recently ask me what was like your funnest moment in comedy. You know, like, and and with that that experience, because I mean, dude, I mean, like I said, you're one of my favorite guys of all time, and and like, and then getting to getting to meet you and get to work with you and, and just exp and get the witness, you know, what you fucking do and like inspirationally, like, you know, I mean, when I met you and saw you on stage, it changed me. It changed how I wanted to write. You know, it, it taught me, oh man, this isn't a joke yet. This is just the beginning of a joke and, and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? You know, and, um, and I, I was gonna say, so in, well, in, in, in your in your illustrious career, what, what would you say is some of the highlights of it? Like I mean, you got to work with Sam Kinison and, and Tor and I mean, that's got to be a hard question because there's so yeah, many. Yeah, well, that's, that was the, that was kind of the jumping off point. I mean, that was many years ago. I mean, when God, Sam's been dead 30 years, bro. He's been dead yeah. 30 years. So, I mean, that's not amazing. to age him or me, but that's oh, this is a long time ago. And uh, I was, I mean, I was a kid. I was a kid. I was opening and, and for one of the most controversial comedians in America who was hanging out with all these rock stars and all these porn stars and all these strippers and all this, like, you know, and they were like, you know, it was like, I mean, you're touring on a tour bus. I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, I always wanted to go, you know, I wanted to tour the country and like, I can't like, I like tour the country. And like, for me, like even not, not, I wasn't thinking comedy. I was just thinking how cool it would be to like get a camper and just drive around the United States and see America. And so when I went on tour with Sam Kinison, one of the cool things is, is you got to tour America. You got to literally on a giant tour bus and stay in great hotels and uh, entertain thousands of people in historic, uh, historic theaters that have been around since the yeah. late 1800s and, and early 1900s, and places that had a lot of soul cooties on them, 
you could see all the names of the performers, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra and Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, people of that ilk that had gone before. Cincinnati was this old, old place, been around since the 1800s. They said it was haunted or whatever it was. But I mean, you know, to be able to do those kind of venues and, and, and we opened it for Sam at the same time, who was well, not only uh, a mentor, but, you know, he's a friend and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, and just, uh, you know, from there, you know, I was able to go into these like markets, like say you go into Oklahoma, you go, I'm going to do that. I would always invite the club owners out and also the people who booked the comedy club. I would call ahead and leave, I'll leave four free passes to you guys come see the show. You'll get backstage passes. And this way after the show, they can go backstage. I can meet them. They can meet Sam. What a fucking night for them. And I'm the guy to put it all together. So after I got off tour with Sam, I'd circle back around and call all those guys. Go, oh, yeah, Jimmy, shit, man. Come on in for a week. Da, 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 da. You know, and that's how, literally, that's how I, I literally went. And, I mean, I was doing fucking everything, bro. I was doing Dave Tribble runs. I was doing um, Comedy Zone runs. I was, people don't like, like, you don't have no idea. Like, you're putting a thousand miles a week on your car, just driving around and doing these one nighters in these obsc obscure areas of like Philadelphia, Mississippi, and Bubba's belt buckle. And he's, I mean, it was just like, it was insane. Like, yeah. and I just, I just, you know, and at this point, you go, you know, either I'm going to become really, really good, a really, really good comedian. Or I'm going to become bitter as fuck. Either you can become bitter or you become better. And I, I chose to become better. I chose to become the best. I, Because I, I never said I was going to be famous. I mean, I didn't say, oh, I want to be a famous comedian. You know, that's I wanted to be the best comedian I was capable of being. So I wanted to be able to write well and, and do it all. And, and you know, and, and, and it does take a long time. I mean, you can look at guys like Doug Stanhope and Bill Burr and these guys and, and Rogan. These guys have been doing it 20 years. I mean, these guys were doing it 20 years before they hit that gear. Where they go, oh, yeah. And then, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think people realize. They look, I think people get into it initially because they think it's going to be a shortcut. It's going to be easy because all I got to do is talk to people. And it's not. It's very difficult. You got to find your authentic voice. You got to write material for that guy. You got to build relationships with comedy club bookers all over the country. I mean, you know, Dougie, you're doing it now. You got to work for shit money some weeks or a write off. Some weeks you break even. Some weeks, you know. And it's a fucking hustle. It's a lot like being a tour player in the PGA. These guys are playing for their their supper. You know what I mean? I mean, if I win, if I can make the cut, then I can get a little bit of money and I'll cover my plane ticket. And da, 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 da. You know, it's 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 you know, but that kind of passion, that kind of commitment to it. I mean, fuck, man. There was, I mean, there was there was you know, weeks I would drive out. Of, I would drive hours out of my way to go do a morning radio show, and I would do the radio show and then drive home after driving all night. I mean, it was insane. It was insane. But I loved what I was doing. Yeah. And so I had this passion. I had a commitment to it that, like, you know, I, I listened to this great interview with this race car driver, you know, because those guys go around a track at like 200, 250 miles an hour. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's like, you know, these are indie, these are Formula One race cars. These things are unbelievable. Uh, so much fucking power. And the guy asked him, he said, oh, do, you, do you get, uh, he gets scared. He goes, no, because I have a passion for what I'm doing. And when you have passion, there's really no room for fear. There's yeah. really no room for fear as whether it's going to work out or whatever. You just kind of commit to it at a level. It's like, you know, the guy who wants it most wins, the guy who puts the, the work in it. And everybody wants different shit, believe me. I mean, not everybody can be Jim Carrey or Dane Cook, nor does 
everybody want to be Jim Carrey or Dane Cook. Some people just want to go. Some people want to make a living doing something they love to do. You know, you're caught in that. Look, and if you could do that, fuck, that's successful. I've been doing that for 30 years. I've been able to do movies and TV shows and my own Comedy Central special. I've been able to do and, and act in a myriad of projects. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, am I happy? Am I happy? Yes, I'm happy where I'm at, but I would certainly, I'm going to continue to work at it, you know. Still right. love to do it. Still got another couple albums in me. Going to continue to do that. And so it's everybody on his own. You know, some people use comedy as a vehicle to become a, a great TV writer. They get into television and become great TV writers. My buddy Rock Rubin, uh, you know, was uh, worked with Kevin James on the King of Queens. He's an executive producer. I mean, you know, that changes your life a little bit. You get to become a, a TV writer and, and for a big show and you're executive producer of a, of a, of a sick I mean, that's a great way to make a living, man. It's good money sure. and everything else. So, um, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Billy Gardell. Billy Gardell not only was on a hit TV show with Mike and Molly with Melissa McCarthy, he's now on Bob Hart's Apishola, which is a whole nother career, you know? Yeah. I mean, and Billy's, and Billy's a great stand-up, although I don't think that was his first I mean, he's happy now doing what he's doing, so no need to jump on a plane and drive to, you know, East Bubble Fuck and do some, tell some dick jokes to drunk people. I mean, you know, I mean, some people are lucky enough to get one TV show. He got two. I mean, you know what I mean? So yeah. to each his own. Everybody does their, it's, everybody's on their own path in this business, you know? And I just, I, but I also consider my friends' wins my wins. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I know we're in an industry where people get jealous of other, I'm so, hardly that guy. I, yeah. I root for my friends. I think my friends' wins are my wins. I had a buddy of mine, Jeff Apeloff. He's an executive producer for a show called Don't Forget the Lyrics. He's also does Shazam with Jamie Foxx. He also does another show. And he was a kid I met doing stand-up comedy down here in Florida a long time ago. He is now like a, a showrunner that lives on the top of Topanga Canyon. And when he was first coming out there, he used to crash on my couch. And I would <laughs> go on the road, and I'd leave the refrigerator filled with food, and I'd toss him my keys and go, the place is yours, bro. I got you all loaded up, whatever you I mean, you know, he's one of my good friends. And that, and, and yeah. to see him win and to see him have success makes me feel good, man. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not bitter or jealous about anything. I've had an amazing fucking life. You asked me to pick one moment, I don't think I could pick one. There's probably yeah. 100, maybe 200 moments of shit that you go, wow, wow. You know, whether it's yeah. like, you know, it was me, Sam Kinison sitting across from Sylvester Stallone and Malibu at a Chinese restaurant. Fucking just eating, having dinner, and just shooting a fucking breeze like fucking like nothing. Because Stallone's from Philly. I'm from Philly. He went to Archbishop. Uh, he went to Lincoln High School, and so I had this like connection with him. And he was funny as shit, you know. Uh, hanging out with the uh, Julian Lennon and some of the rock and roll parties at Sam's house. Some of the like, you know, just like like, you know, it seems like if you think back about it, it's just. It's an incredible, it's an incredible life, you know. It just yeah. really is. I mean, I, I have zero, I have nothing negative to say. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm been very blessed. I really have been very blessed and very fortunate. I've worked hard too, but I've been also very blessed. So I have, I don't have, you know, I'm not one of these guys. I, I just, I, I, every day is a gift now, man. I, I think, I think one of the keys of what you said is you, you get better, not bitter. And, you know, I mean, this is an easy industry to get a bit bitter about because it is a tough industry. You know, it's easy to get frustrated and, and bogged down. Well, it's and all stuff. tough, bro. Music, music, yeah. The music industry is tough. Uh, you know, the, the 
you know, the game's changed a little bit. There's people doing, you know, social media, and some people are better at social media than they are at the actual craft of writing music or, or, or whatever or doing jokes. It's, it's just the game change. Either you get better with handling all that stuff or you, or you don't. But, yeah, it's a, hey, good. no question, it's a tough business. It's a really tough business, but it's tough also being a screenwriter. It's tough being an author. It's tough It's because it's worth it. And if it wasn't tough, everybody would be fucking doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's tough, exactly. and so it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, you kind of like, you gotta, you gotta, you almost, you gotta hit bottom a couple times, and then you can just fucking, then you find your momentum again. So it's, okay, it, it ain't no, uh, yeah, it, it is. So you, you just gotta have a plan. You gotta keep working your plan. You gotta keep working your goal. You can't be lazy. You gotta work your ass off. Recently, a guy texted me a comic down. He goes, "I'm getting ready to move to New York." He goes, "Any advice?" I go, "Yeah, work your ass off." Work your fucking ass off. Don't, you know, don't just, I'm going to move, you know, it's, you know, it's going to get harder. You know, you're going to get harder. You're going to, you're going to get up there. It's going to be tougher to get stage time. You have to work your ass off. You're competing against the best guys in the country. That's what I did love. I mean, I consider that the ultimate life hack. When you leave your hometown, like I was, grew up in Philadelphia. I had five brothers. My dad was a Philadelphia police detective. My mom was a school teacher. And, I left home when I was 19. I put all my shit into a 1969 puke green Buick LeSabre, and I drove across country with the sole intention of becoming a professional comedian. I was listening to a series of tapes by Dr. Dennis Waitley called The Psychology of Winning, and I listened to him over and over and over and over again till that information was drilled in my fucking head. I hit L.A., I started my job, I moved into an apartment, and I showcased for Mitzi all in the same fucking day, two weeks from the day I fucking landed. Wow. I was so motivated and pumped. It's all I gave a fuck about. I lived it. I breathed it. I eat it. I slept it. I dreamt about it. I got up in the morning and worked a shitty fucking day job, and as soon as that was over, I jumped in my car and started hitting, hitting open mics. And I did it every fucking night for about two or three years. Sometimes you could get five sets in one night. Sometimes you did two sets. But that's all I gave a shit about. And that's the kind of level of commitment that it takes because I wanted it. I yeah. wanted it. Back then, we didn't have yeah. social media. You had to be a fucking great joke writer. You had to be a great writer. And that's a learned skill set. You know, you can't learn to be likable. There's certain things you can learn. You can learn to write better jokes. You can learn to, uh, you know, uh, your stage presence can get better the more comfortable you get. You can't learn likability. Right. You can't learn. You can't you can't you can't learn passion. Either you have it or you don't. There's, so some of the things that you can learn are great, but you have to have all those other elements that you can't learn. If you have those, then you can fucking build and you can start and you can go, you know, and now it's more competitive than ever. I mean, you know, when I started, I mean, it was I was like, you know, not a lot of guys doing it. I mean, I I did it for two years in Philly. I mean, dude, my life, I mean, I started doing like magic when I was 10 and 11 years old. I got a kit when I was nine and I was before, and by the time I was 15, I was an accomplished professional magician. I mean, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of like shows. And then when I hit 18, I just went right into comedy. I mean, everything else was like a fucking side job or a side hustle just to keep me making money so I could do the things I love to do. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, most people don't know that. I mean, if you if you spend time with Jimmy, you'll start doing uh, some tricks in front of you, which is just awesome. You know, uh, as opposed to some comics just sit there and try to tell you jokes off stage. It's like, all right, this is, this is, I'd rather see it, that shit on stage. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book and one of the chapters is not everybody can walk on the moon. 
And, you know, and because not every, like you said, not everybody could be, you know, that, that person that sells out theaters, not everybody could be a TV star, you know, one way or the other, but hey, shit, man, and I'm not keep- taking anything away from those guys either, because for them to do that was an incredibly hard amount of work, but that fucking bus comes along once every 10 or 15 years, you get a couple guys to catch that fucking bus. I mean, you know, believe me, it does has nothing to do with anything other than, you know, the, you know, you, you, you know, and it's also a representation game. You need people fucking representing you properly. You need a champion on the other side of the ball, you know, putting you up there. Because by far, yeah. you know, some of the most famous guys are not the funniest guys, but the more, the most famous guys. I mean, and that doesn't have one thing to do with one thing to do with the other. I mean, I know plenty of guys that are fucking hilariously funny that aren't even close to being famous. You know, so it's yeah. hey, teach, teach his own. You know, everybody's got to you know figure out their own their own. Um, their own journey, their own path, you know. Yeah, like you and said, I mean, the key is- that, I mean, you, do, do I want to get up every day? Fucking, I look, I get up at 5 30 in the morning anyway. I, I mean, you're doing this podcast. I mean, aside from traveling all over the country, you got to do this fucking podcast every week or everything. That's an incredibly tough amount of work, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, you know, I just, for me, I, I, I know I'm one of these guys that would probably say something that would get me fucking canceled. Like, <laughs> I would be one of those guys. Who would, you know what he said? Oh shit! Here we go. Then I, <laughs> yeah. then I'm fucking canceled. I mean, it's bad enough, you know. I, 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 I mean, I don't know what the fuck happened. People are just I was walking around angry now. They're angry. They can't, it, they can't take a joke. They have no sense it, of humor. I think, I think people that don't have a sense of humor, I feel sorry for them because you know that all that anger and all that hate in them, it kind of, it's, it's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental well-being. Good sense of humor means you don't take yourself too seriously. It means you're yeah. able to, uh, you know, laugh at yourself. I think that's a good thing. But these people, are like, I can't. Some, like, I mean, who the fuck are you? How we're banishing you from society. You are no longer allowed to make a living. Doing like, who the fuck are you? Who's we? Who's we? Yeah. You know, who who are you? Like, like how fucking dare? Like, oh, we live in a culture now where you're not even allowed to make a fucking mistake. It was yeah. a fucking tweet. The fact that I got fired over a tweet, that sounds ridiculous. I, I tweeted, and then I got canceled. What is, what's the fuck? Like, I mean, if you were saying that to someone, a tweet, and then what happened? Yeah, people took it out of context. And it's like, well, shut. I mean, I, you're a fucking moron. I, I, I got to yeah. tell you, man. I got to tell you that, that, I mean, you could see it now more than ever. More is it prevalent. I mean, there's. There's two groups of people in the world now. There's people who get it. And there's people who don't. I don't blame the people who don't. I mean, they've been conditioned for the last 30 years. I mean, they sit in front of that idiot box and watch the TV. Why do you think they call it programming? They've been dumbed down. You've been using the fluoride on your teeth. It calcified your penile gland. Your penile gland <laughs> is like an antenna for your brain. You're able to dream and think of stuff and connect with other dimensions. But, you know, you brush your teeth and you calcify it and it doesn't operate like it should. And, you, and you, you know, you put on deodorants that have chemicals in it that cause fucking cancer because these motherfuckers are trying to kill us. I don't even know what the deal is or why they would do that. But certainly there's too many people on the planet. These eugenists will decide who's going to live and who's not going to live. And, you know, and then you have a generation of people that are old and they're, they're, they're living off their... Social Security, which they paid into, which they should have. But no, no, let's create a disease that kills all those people. Let's get a couple people with COVID-19 and move them in with the most vulnerable people in our society. 
and let's fucking get rid of them. There's a we'll save ourselves a couple million in the long run because we won't have to pay out Social Securities. Fucking old fucks. You, th- I, I love the people. Uh, my thing is, I love the people think that like, you know, like politicians actually give a fuck about them. I love the people think like that's like going to the strip club and going, she really likes me. She really <laughs> likes me. The stripper really likes me. I really got a shot with the stripper. Like you're, a, you're like, I mean, even if you have a tiny sliver of gray matter between your fucking ears, I mean, you got to be paying attention. You got to see, like, you know, I mean, the amount of deaths for people under 40 in New York City is up 175%. And that's a statistic that comes from the life insurance policies because they got to pay out on these policies. So you know that number is pretty fucking accurate. Why? Yeah. Oh, it's a new thing called uh, sudden adult death syndrome. Really? The first time I'm hearing this. What is that from? Well, it just happens. You know, a lot of people are dying younger now. It wouldn't have anything to do with, the, you know, any of the events that happened recently, would it? I mean, fuck, bro. Look at Marjorie. Margarine is fucking straight up fucking poison. That's one molecule away from plastic. I mean, you know, they, they, <laughs> the FDA approved that fucking many years ago. It's a healthy option, the butter. It's got 27 of the same ingredients as fucking paint. People who use margarine on their toast have a 35 to 37% chance, a greater chance of getting cancers than people who don't use fucking margarine. Sodas, you're fucking pure poison. Our fucking, a lot of our food is banned in other countries because they won't, these other countries won't let them put the fucking products in, the chemicals they put in, Skittles has fucking got, uh, like, fucking poison in it. You're giving it to your fucking kids. You think these people give a fuck about you? Are you out of your fucking mind? You're in the way. You are a useless food eater. That's why you are a useless food eater, Dougie. That's what we are. Useless food eater, and we're fucking dispensable. And then, oh, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, fuck these people. Uh, never more evident than uh, than today. You know, I mean, uh, it, 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 you're right. And uh, you know, like uh, I was, t- I was just explaining to somebody. I couldn't believe somebody was drinking uh, Splenda or like Equal. I'm like, how could you? You know what I mean? Well, it's it's better than sugar. I go, where'd you learn that shit? You know what I mean? I mean, sugar's not very good for your yeah, body. Yeah, you know what it is. You know what it is, bro. It's the great unlearning. Everything you thought you know is not true. Everything you mm. thought was true is not true. You know, margarine's better than butter. No, it's not. Butter actually makes the food taste better, helps the body absorb the nutrients in the food. Actually, and you can, you know, butter is uh, much better for you, just in, in moderation, of course. You don't eat sticks of butter. You don't deep fry butter and eat fucking sticks of deep fried butter. You know, then you're asking for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I mean, you go to the fucking yogurt, yogurt, bro. Oh, the half that ketchup bottle is fucking sugar. You know what it is, bro? Sugar. It's sugar. It's sugar. It's straight up fucking poison. Take a spoonful of sugar, and your immune system drops by fifty percent. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm telling you, you know. Uh, But hey, what do I know? I'm just a fucking comedian. You know, I don't. I don't trust these motherfuckers. I don't eat fast food joints. I make all my own food. I don't fucking. I, I got to try to go and get the fucking healthiest shit I can eat. I fucking clean my fruit real good to get the pesticides and all the shit off it. I, you know. I mean, hey, you want your food without poison on it? Well, that'll be extra. Oh, you know the organic stuff. Yeah, that's extra. We put poison on all the other stuff. I mean, you know what I mean? What the fuck are we doing? What kind of fucking mental institution do we live in? I mean, seriously, it's a mental institution. These people give a fuck about you. Yeah, they really. Uh, it's could. always a, 
It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how people think the government's out to help you, and in fact, you don't give a fuck. Vote yeah, for talk us, to the Indians. Go matters. talk to the Indians. Talk to African Americans. <laughs> they did the Tuskegee experiment on. Talk to fucking any. But talk to the people in Waco or or the fucking uh, talk to any American Indian tribe or uh, or African Americans about what how great the government of the United States is. It's not the people. I'm not saying it's not. Look, we live in a great country, but the problem is half the taxes uh, didn't exist a hundred years ago. None of this shit existed 100 years ago. We had the strongest middle class in the country. This is a place where you go get your dream. These people have made it. These people, they go up there and they, they, they take more of your money and more of your money and more of your money. Hey, fucker. I don't work for you, you fucking scumbag. You're not a leader. You're a shallow, vacuous, soulless, fucking lizard person that's fucking would suck. You know, you jump on a bandwagon, act like you care about people, and then they go back to their fucking office and sell every last one of those motherfuckers out. Bernie, Bernie, uh, Bernie, 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 bro, Bernie's been in government for 33 fucking years. Bernie, if you want to fix something, chances are you would have fixed it already. You know, these people think that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just, I think they're all full of shit, bro. I think we need to fucking, I think, I mean, you know, where, where do you, where do you make your babies? Where do you make these kids get the vaccine and these kids, where do these kids start having fucking heart problems and stroking oh, out yeah. at nine years old at PE class? Oh, you think the parents are going to be happy? That? They may fucking track Fatchy down. Grab them into the middle of the street, douse them in gasoline, and set them on fucking fire. How fucking dare you? What's your walkaway number, Bill Gates? How much money do you fucking need, Bill? How much money do you need to just go the fuck away? He's got millions of dollars. You'd figure he'd take some of that million and do something with that fucking 1969 Beatles haircut and those Coke bottle fucking glasses. I mean, how much money... Which I mean, you would, would. What is it about these cocksuckers? They make so much. They become like Batman villains. Like it's like if they're you're like a Batman villain or you know James Bond. And we will take the the ray gun. We'll destroy the planet. Like, what's your fucking end game, you psycho? He's buying up all the farmland in the fucking America. Huh? I wonder what he's got planned now. I wonder what he's got planned now. These fucking cocksuckers sold us out to fucking China. The only thing is, it's you know, I mean. And you think the Chinese give a fuck about their people? Oh, no. They can. Everybody's fucking expendable. 7.1 billion. The 0.1 billion is more than we have in our entire fucking country. I was, I've was. Yeah. i been to China three fucking times. For every Chinese guy, there's nine Chinese guys. Someone's going to misconstrue that and cancel me. He's the racist. He's the racist. There's a lot of fucking Chinese people. Every time I was over there, I stuck my hand in my pocket. I was shaking hands with a Chinese guy. You know? <laughs> I was just in. Uh, I was just. I was just in. I was just in the Panera Bread, and the lady said, "You know, our number one seller is our Chinese chicken salad." I went, "Oh, your Chinese chicken salad, really?" I said, "You know, ch Chinese chicken salad." Because I got to tell you, in all my travels of the last thirty fucking years, and I've been to China three different times. I've been to Suzhou, Wuxi, Nanjing, Shanghai, Beijing, Macau, Hong Kong. Never have I once. See the fucking Chinese person forking down a bowl full of romaine lettuce with some shaved almonds, some fried wontons, all covered in a nice sesame oil vinaigrette. In fact, I have a fucking standing offer to anybody from fucking mainland China who could actually say vinaigrette. Okay? $100. Anybody from mainland China could actually pronounce vinaigrette. All right? That's number one. Number two is I eat salads because I'm a fat fuck. All right, I eat a dest fancy destination salad named after 7.1 billion people who've never tasted fucking lettuce. Okay, that's all I'm saying. 
That'll get me canceled. That's a rant that'll get me canceled. I'll be canceled. Anyway, nice doing your show, Doug. I'm gonna I'm gonna start packing my things because I'm I'm about to get canceled because I you know I, I spit some truth. No, it's, well, it's, it's not funny because, because I, it's not, I gotta tell it's, it's you. Not be- Go ahead. Man. All of it. We live in, we live in a we re- live in a ridiculous society. We live in a ridiculous society. People care more about online likes and followers. It's so fucking narcissistic. We've gone from expressing your truth or uh speaking your truth to self-expression to like full-blown fucking narcissism. I got to tell you, bro, it's yeah. disgusting. It's sickening. It's like, you know, women get all mad when fucking men objectify them, but they have no problem putting on a bikini and jumping on fucking TikTok. Oh, yeah, go do another TikTok video about it, you fucking dumb twat. You wonder why nobody wants to. Anything beautiful never asks for attention. Anything beautiful never asks for attention. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mission accomplished. I mean, mission accomplished. You know, people are yeah. just fucking like, you know. You're, you're right on, on the narcissistic thing, by the way, dude. You're right on on that because I've experienced so much of that, you know, uh, with even a family, recently a family member. It's like, you know, it was my mother-in-law's birthday and a, and a family member was like, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, this is about her. It has nothing to do with you, right? Why are we talking about how you feel about this situation? It's not your fucking birthday. You know what I mean? Well, it's amazing. Every, everybody. Well, dude, that's where we're at now. Everybody thinks, first off, there are some things that are reserved for the inside of your therapist's office, okay? That doesn't mean you should jump on fucking Facebook and go on a long-winded diatribe about fucking talking to imaginary people who you're fucking fighting with who nobody fucking knows because you're projecting your shit. Like, I mean, you fucking... Listen, go get some fucking help, okay? Because you are... you are. The, I, I, I got to tell you something, man. I have zero fucking interest interacting with these people on every level and they act like why can't it they're all gonna would you date me but you no i wouldn't date you you cunt get off fucking tiktok maybe you'd have a fucking shot put down the fucking cell phone on the tripod and go fucking develop some skills like maybe you learn how to cook or something or maybe become useful maybe you have a, a, a skill set like maybe you become a maybe you become a real person maybe you can become a real person that says i mean I, i'm telling you man it's 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 absolutely disturbing on a level. I mean, I, I fucking hate all of it. Dude, I get up. I don't even, when I get up in the morning, I leave my phone in the other room. I get up. I make some food. I do some food prep. I cook. I listen to fucking a couple podcasts. I listen to some music. I never even turn my TV on. I don't even turn my TV on anymore. Like, my fucking peace of mind, my mental well-being, it's, it's not up for grabs. I don't want it anywhere near me. I'd rather spend the rest of my life alone beating off like fucking Migs from Silence of the Lambs than have anyone. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, it, by the way, it's so funny you mentioned that because two things I've done recently. Number one, I don't put the phone in my room anymore. My phone is left in my office in the house and it's there. I don't. So when I wake up, it's not even close well, to me. Well, I don't even here's look the deal, at it. bro. Listen, the phone is for me to keep in touch with you. It's not for you to have access to me 24-7. You don't get to have access to me 24-7. Even on emails, I don't, I'm not, look, I, I may read an email, maybe take me two days to process the information, and then I'll respond. I'm not, you don't get to have access to me. It's not, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm, bro, I'm going fucking underground. I mean, I've been getting up at 5.30, I hit the fucking gym for two hours. I usually go and watch the sunrise. I'll take a walk on the fucking beach. I'll hit the gym, do cardio, do a weight workout. And then I'll come home and do a power shake. And then I go do fucking Raja yoga, hot yoga in a fucking class. And I meditate for an hour and a half. That's how I spend three days a week, probably nine hours, 10 hours of fucking exercise. And I eat fucking as clean as I can eat. And I just, I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore, bro. I don't, I've lost these last two years have been incredibly fucking brutal. I've lost, I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends. 
different stuff, various stuff, you know, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, different, different things that, uh, you know, colon cancer and, and other, other cancers and stuff like that. And, and, and so, uh, you know, bro, you don't, it's very limited. You get a little bit of time, man, and it flies. You're 27, you're 35, you're 42, you're 53, and then, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, wow, boom, 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 like that fast. And I've had a fucking amazing life. I mean, believe me, I, I, it's, but it's still, it's like, whoa, fuck, boom, holy shit, how do we get here, you know? I don't know how more so, people don't realize that. Dude, I'm 55 now, and it feels like I was just, two days ago, I was in my 20s. And now, you know, I'm, I'm like 10 years from Social Security. I'm like, fuck, you know, it's amazing how time flies. And I'm just amazed that other, there's so, I'm just amazed that so many other people don't see that. They, they don't take advantage of that that every day. Well, you know, because we, we live in a society that really actually kind of goes out of its way to punish authenticity. You don't, you can't be authentic anymore because they want you to be like everybody else. Join the bandwagon, follow the masses, do what everybody else does. The authenticity, I would rather... Believe me, I, I the, the, the fucking mainstream, bro, I would rather fucking play comedy clubs for the rest of my life and be able to work on and do and create my special blend of fucking stand-up comedy than, 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 than not, you know? I mean, the mainstream is fucking sickening, bro. You see what these pe- people do. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I saw this interview with Bowie. He said he's not interested in the mainstream stuff because it's like, you know, I want to. I want to create art, man. I want to create art, verbal art. I want to do that. I want to, you know, talk about that. I don't want to. I want to. I want to make people laugh really hard. I want to play golf. I want to. I want to freaking work on my close-up magic. I want to. You know, I, I want to try. I'm working on a one-man show. I mean, I got goals. I'm working on another album. I mean, these are the kind of things I want to do. These are the kind of things that feed my soul. I don't need to go out partying every night. I, those days are long gone, man. I and I just try to. I try to be as productive as I can with my day and stay away from all the shit, you know? And believe me, yeah. there's a lot of shit. It's the great unfucking. The amount of shit that you have to unlearn, unlearn, go, oh, well, that's not true. Well, that guy's not an expert, and that wasn't even an expert fucking opinion. I mean, what the fuck you got to do to be considered an expert today? Put on a fucking tie? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> you saw these with the last two years. These experts didn't know anything. Nobody fucking knows anything. The people that know shit are doing it and making fucking money doing it. Everybody else is just fucking pretending. And anybody, like, yeah, you know, everybody else is just pretending. It really is. What's, the old, what's the old expression? What's the old expression? If you can't do it, you coach or teach, you know, that kind of thing. Those who can do, those who can't teach. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we have so many people offering unsolicited advice on a regular basis. You know, in the world of comedy, it's amazing how you get comics that are doing comedy well, you know for a they, couple you know, years. You know what they say, bro? You know what they say? Plumbers always have leaky pipes. Mechanics always drive shitty cars. You know, life coaches are always the most fucked up. You know, I mean, it's just dating fucking people. Like, date. I love the dating coaches. Are you single? Like, yeah, I've been single, but I know. Pe- no, 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 honey. Listen, if you're in a relationship for 30 fucking years, then you can tell me about relationships, all right? Okay? You, you, you know, I, I, I don't listen to any of these people. I stay the fuck away from anybody that thinks they know. There's only one way to know, and that's either to do it yourself and educate yourself and to read about it. I'd rather read a fucking book. I'd rather go read uh, and not on the phone. I'd rather read a book. I love the feel of a book in my hands. I got, I love, I got a stack of books here I'm trying to get through. I got to read at least a chapter, two books a day, two books a day, a chapter a day. You know, I get up in the morning, I fucking go to the beach, I meditate, 
I usually say my rosary. I go to the fucking gym. And then I do my fucking serious meditation in the afternoon at Raja Yoga in a hot fucking room and sweat my balls off. All right. I, I, I'm becoming, the less I need, the better off I am. I'm saving my seems, money. It seems great to simplify things, right? Just stick to what you do and what you, you know, I think it's a great, yeah, it's great advice know, for everybody. I also, I also put the work in. I also, like you said, I, I also love what I do comedically. I also love creating and putting together pieces of comedy. And I love making people laugh. That's what I really love to do with my life. I, I love creating that. And that's, and so it shows in my work and it, and it shows in my work ethic you know, creating on top of, you know, more bits. I got another album I'm doing. I'm probably going to be doing a new hour for Amazon come November. I'm still working out the details on that. You know, I'm up for, uh, you know, possibly, uh, uh, you know, a series regular, an hour drama. I mean, who knows? Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, you know, don't want to jinx anything. But um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm a very blessed guy. I'm very fortunate. And so, uh Try to be as grateful as possible, you know, and enjoy well, my I, life. And, like you said, I mean, be better, not bitter is, is something we should all remember from this uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, today, but grateful is, too. I mean, I find myself being so grateful for stuff. And the more grateful I am, the more life blesses me, more things to be grateful about. And, you know, I think if you think, I, th I think it's a mindset. I think it really is. If you expect mm. good things to happen to you, then good things happen to you. If you fucking manifest and pray on things and you live your life like a like a, a decent human being and, and get rid of all that fucking hate. I mean, people get people are filled with hatred and they're filled with bitterness and you rot like a piece of fruit from the inside out. It's fucking it's it, it's it's, it's, a, it's unnerving. I mean, it's not it doesn't serve anybody. It's like especially if you're angry at somebody, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It doesn't serve you. Let it yeah. all go. It's a short little fucking spin you get on this fucking thing. Last thing I want to do is spend time arguing with people on Facebook. Last thing I want to try to fucking convince people who aren't ready to hear a message about how you should fucking take care of your health better by eating certain foods. If you don't want to hear, it, you don't want to hear it. I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna get red in the face anymore. Look, if you want to, if you want to look. I, I mean, if you want to be stupid today, I have to respect your commitment to remain fucking stupid. Because there are so many ways. You can sit in the back. You can go to iTunes University. There's free courses. You can sit in the back mm -hmm. of a Harvard classroom and watch a Harvard economics class. You can watch a history class at Yale and sit in the back of iTunes University. You can go on YouTube and watch TED Talks and lectures and people speak that really do know what they're talking about. Or give you another perspective, at least, certainly to entertain uh, there's guys like Jordan Peterson. There's guys like, you know, people that are, that, that, that are, you know, every day they're trying to get better. Every trying to become a better version of themselves. And that's like, you know, and listen, and everybody's got their own shit. Believe me, everybody's, you know, yeah, it's just trying to survive the trauma of fucking human existence, the trauma of human existence, man. I mean, you know, just trying to like, you know, I mean, the shit that the fucking people, like, I'm not fucking amazed, man. Shit some people go through and the heartbreak they've been through, and they get up every morning and they fucking put their boots on and they get back at it. That's mm -hmm. impressive to me. That's fucking character. That's, that's strength. That's courage. In the face of all fucking odds, of all stuff, these people get up every day and try to find purpose in life. That's inspiring to me. That shit inspires yeah. You're an influencer. Why? Because you said you were an influencer? I wouldn't fucking, you couldn't influence me to do a fucking thing. In fact, I see you trying to influence me. I'm going to do the exact opposite. These yeah. people are fucking <laughs> ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. You're a model. Did anybody hire you, or are you just an Instagram model? You, you know what I mean? Or you get to say, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I'm out on Instagram. Now, you know, people who model get paid for it. You, you just, somebody likes to, you know, photographers will, photographers will take your picture because you look great in a bikini and they think you're going to get some pussy if they take some pictures for you. But you're not a model. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the term porn star. I'm a porn star. No, you're somebody who takes your clothes off, lets strangers fuck you while other people film it. I would hardly consider that a star. Don't get me wrong. There are some porn stars, believe me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But other there's a handful of those. You know what I mean? And then everybody else is just fucking making bad decisions while someone's operating a video camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Some people haven't explored all their options. Well, you know, it's uh, funny. I love how people go, you know, porn, porn objectifies women. Well, then tell women to stop showing up and doing it. Because if yeah. not, you just got nine guys standing around with a boner and no one's going to watch that sausage party. All right? If, you know, because it's like, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's like, no, I'm allowed to objectify myself. I just don't want anybody objectifying me. You know what I mean? And women will, women will fart in a bag and sell it over the internet. You know, fucking sell our period panties. Anything to make a buck, huh? Hey, your fans only. I actually, I started doing a reverse only fans account. I started sending everybody dick pictures. I was charging them nineteen ninety five a month to get me to stop. You know, that's, that's pay it. Pay them already. <laughs> I pay him, I pay him already. Not another, fucking, not another picture of the guy's flesh musket. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to stare at this guy's fucking purple helmet and soldier of love again. God damn it. Who? Oh, shit. Here's another picture of his cream filled flesh twinkie. Damn it, son of a bitch. Pay him, man. Pay the man. Pay the man his money. Pay the man his money. Don't <laughs> Where's my ATM card? I mean, in that in that little 10, 15, 20 second spurt, we had about eight to 10 different expressions and, and, and identifications of a man's penis. I mean, that was amazing. See, that's a wordsmith for you right there. That's one of the that's, things that's, I that's definitely a, that's what I do. I pay pictures with words, Dougie. I pay pictures with words. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm a, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, Van Gogh, but with words, with language. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it, but anyway. listen. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's 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 been inspirational because I had somebody say that to me, and I was at the North uh, North Carolina Comedy Festival this weekend, and a comic came up to me and says, "Because you're a wordsmith, just because." And I and I and I said, "I said, you know, I like go watch Jimmy Schubert, go pull up some of his videos, and you'll get an understanding of what that's like." And that's like I said, that was inspirational to me because, uh, you know, from your inspiration, I came up with the expression, "I look like an honest Pinocchio with a little dick." Um, you know, I mean, that's you know, how else? You know, I mean, it's a word. It's just, you're using a few words. Yeah, you can stand it. Basically, the joke's about being in a threesome, and you, you better have a big dick, you know. Otherwise, you're standing there like an honest Pinocchio. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. it's a good visual. You, can you picture? Um, all right. So, listen, a real quick question for you. We've been through a lot. Uh, I, I have to ask you this question because you've been you've been all over the world. You've done a lot of things. But uh, the question is: Is would you go to space? You know, considering uh, Ben, let's roll this film. Considering the last launch of the uh, Blue Horizon from Amazon, uh, this was their last flight. Speaking of penises and flesh rockets, um, nobody was in this flight. But uh, you know, I'm going to spend a half a million bucks to go to space. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be on the next one. I think it's a great idea. Who else is going to say they're going to go to space? It's a great idea. I'm ready to do it. Oop, what what's going on with the rocket? Oh shit. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just go to Hawaii. Um, hey, 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 Bezos, do me a favor. Let, let, 
leave the rocket building to the fucking professionals. Okay, you just make sure my fucking package gets here by Thursday. All right, just worry about a faster fucking delivery of my package than the fucking put a rocket in. Space. Like that's what I'm saying. Again, you know, Bezos. How, like, what are you? What are you? Are you a Batman villain? What are you gonna put a satellite in space that will destroy the world? I would keep it. These like people. It's like these like. I mean, fuck, believe me, if I had Bill Gates money, you would never fucking hear from me, bro. I would have my own island. I would go live out there on my island. I would have fucking farmland. I would grow all kinds of fucking fruits and vegetables out there. I would grow my own food. I'd have fucking goats. I'd have, like, I'd have, I, I, I'd be a self-sustained island. That's what I would do. Mm. I would yeah. enjoy my fucking life, and I would just be, I mean, I, I mean, you know, maybe I would do things to, like, change the world uh, for a good for a good for a good way, like a good way, like a you know maybe do some, uh, uh, like uh, do some low cost housing to try to put a dent in the homeless problem. Maybe like you know get a couple of those those long metal containers and stack mm-hmm. them and make them um, and make it cheap housing for people who you know and and, and just for people who were like you know that just fell had a bad time in their luck and just needed a place to stay to get on their feet again. And kind of be able to do that, or, or just kind of like feed people. I, I look. I, there's lots of ways to that you could use money to, to to. The problem is the bureaucracy. Like it's it's so funny, dude. Can you imagine the irony of having a hundred and twenty thousand dollar fucking electric car, and you have to fucking fire up a fucking gas powered generator to charge that motherfucker because you have a rolling yeah. blackout. You know, uh, yeah. It's 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 it. That is that there is the the only image you needed to say about the green movement in this country, like before you could fucking before you could come up with like these newfangled light bulbs, you should really figure out a proper replacement before you get rid of the incandescent light bulbs. I don't think like you know I mean dude, you look at places like, you know if you look at the like the, the uh, places like Indonesia and India and China, most of the fucking pollution in the oceans are coming from those three fucking countries. Because mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck about it. Hardly, right. hardly, you know, in our country are we producing that kind of waste. I'm sorry, but we're not. Okay? And if you look at, like, the, the designs of the Kyoto Treaty, which is designed to punish, you know, Western countries like ours, because, you know, the countries like Indonesia and considered developing countries, which they're really not developing countries, but they are. Like, if, like if you're putting all this stress and strain on buying carbon fucking credits. It's fucking stupid, bro. They've been saying this shit for 40 years. I'm not saying, look, we should recycle our resources. That makes sense because there's a lot of fucking people. But, gosh, what are you, a fucking, what are you doing a carbon credit? What is a carbon credit? What is it? Where does that go? What's, what is that? Go? What's yeah. the 10 cents for the grocery bag? How's that saving the planet? The plastic <laughs> is still in. I mean, you know, I could buy a fucking plastic jug of almond milk. And I can get a pound of ham in a plastic bag, and some cheese in a yeah. bag, and I can get a, I get a bag of, I get a bag of plastic trash bags. Well, you won't give me a plastic bag to put the stuff that's fucking made of plastic, so I can get the fuck out of the supermarket. It's ten cents for the bag. But I'm saying, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. It's fucking retarded. And I'm saying the word retarded, or if it hurts your feelings, I'll say mentally encumbered. But either way. You know, the problem is that if you don't get involved in politics or government today, then you're destined to be governed by people that are fucking dumber than you. And certainly, nowhere is that more apparent than now. Yeah, well, um, exactly. And like you said, we'll be right back after these commercial messages, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
Give me it's my podcast. Oh, sorry, Doug. Welcome back. Welcome back to Counterpoint. I slipped in a talk show mode, Doug. I slipped in a talk show. Well, listen, I really appreciate it because I've said I've said less on this podcast than I said uh uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, time uh, for you uh, to uh, fucking shift your jaw to neutral and give us all a fucking break. Give me a fucking ear beating over here. Time for somebody else to do the heavy lifting, Dougie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what I said. I got to have Jimmy on the show today because I'm really tired. I don't want to fucking speak. But I got, uh, I got laryngitis. Book Schubert. I got laryngitis. Book <laughs> Schubert. He'll do all the talk, and I want to fucking flap my cake all off. Well, I, I, I got to tell you what. It's been great because I didn't even have to go through any stories today because you just gave us all a bunch of – Great stuff. Yeah, because uh, well, that's what happens when you have somebody on your fucking podcast who has talent, who's a world traveler, who does some critical thinking, who fucking, you know, who knows what's up. You know, a man who's educated himself, a man who never went to college, but that didn't stop him from reading fucking four books a fucking week and educating himself. A man who makes his own wellness shots, a man who makes his own sea moss, a man who does fucking hot yoga three days a week, <laughs> fucking <laughs> entrepreneur, fucking, fucking. You know, Next time I see you, I got to feel your bicep, dude. Next time I see you, I got to feel your bicep. Um, we got to look at that man. Yeah, look at that bro. specimen. That's what happens when you live in Florida and you're sweating your balls off on the summer. But uh, listen, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I just want to, uh, again, thank you for everything you do. We do appreciate it. Like I said, ever since I met you, you've been a big inspiration to my comedy. And uh, I've learned tons from you. I just wish I was so upset when I was leaving Florida and you came and moved to Florida. I was like, that was one of the things I... I actually told my wife, I go, you sure you want to move? Um, and all because of Jimmy. Well, you know, man, I, did, I, I just, I just couldn't do, uh, I, you know, that look, dude, the last two years were tough for everybody. I mean, I talked to my friend, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, you know, the, those guys all went to Austin. They got out of fucking California. I don't, I don't blame them. I mean, look, man, it was just, it was, it just didn't seem like it was ever going to go the fuck away. And I just, I, you know, I was worried about my mental health. I really was, you know, I mean, I mean, for me to fucking pick up and move across country, uh, Big decision. Well, I tell you, it's not something I looked at lightly. Believe me, it's and, and it's just uh, so. It had to have been difficult I, because, I as an day, actor, you're, you're you're there. You're an actor. You're there. You're a com. You're in the comedy scene of the world. You know to leave. I mean, it definitely took a lot of uh, you know confidence and, and understanding. Oh yeah, but you know, the, you know the great thing is, I've, I've been just as busy down here. I mean, you know, I'm busy. I'm busy. You know, look, as long as I have an airport, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm getting ready to head back out to Los Angeles. In October, I'm going to be doing some spots at the store. I'm going to be doing some spots at, uh, you know, and uh, at the Improv, and uh, I'm going to be working out there. I got a, a gig down in Escondido. I'm going to head up to uh, head up north and do a couple of shows. So I'm just going to still travel, man. I'm, 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 I'm you know, the thing is, life is uh, life is cheaper here, and life is a little simpler here. Not that life's easy, but it's a little simpler here, and so. Um, you know, I don't have to work as hard, and nor do I want to. I want to fucking enjoy a little bit of life. But, dude, I've been dude, I've been fucking living my life out of a suitcase for the last 30 fucking years. I've missed great, yeah. important fucking family functions and birthdays and anniversaries and, and christenings and stuff because I've been busy fucking traveling. And now I'm not doing it. Look, I'm, I'm, taking my, I'm putting my fucking life first. I'm putting my family first. I want to do stuff with my family. I want to see, you know what I mean? I, I really I really do. I, I mean, I'm, I mean uh, I've just uh, I've done enough. And uh, I'll continue to do some more, but uh, on my own terms now, you know. Well, nothing, nothing's more, uh, nothing, you know, nothing is, nothing, nothing is more impressive than somebody living their life the way they want and um, and doing that. So that's for true, bro. I, I, I tell you, man, I get up every morning. and I thank God. I thank God because I've been able to really. You're right. I live my life the way I wanted to, you know. And so, wow. uh, 
and I got to hang out with some great fucking people. I have my wall of fame in my house. I got, you know, I got to meet some great, amazing friends over the years. Nowhere in comedy, you know, you know, you work with these people a lot like you. Like you've had your mentors. I've had my mentors. I've gotten to work with a lot of these guys and become friends with these guys. Uh, you know, guys that inspire me and guys that motivate me and, and just have great relationships with people over the years. You have friends all over the country. I have friends all over the country, like literally. When I was yeah. a kid, you know, my uncle used to say to me, you know, if you took me up in an airplane and gave me a parachute and I jumped out of an airplane over Amer over America, he goes, I guarantee you by 8 o'clock that night, I'd have a bed to sleep in, I'd have 20 bucks in my pocket, and I'd have a warm meal in my stomach. And that seems like that's true because I have friends all over the United States and people that I know everywhere. It's kind of, I never forgot when my uncle said that, but it's kind of true, you know. I, I yeah. nowhere like you know because you know like you know, other comedians i i mean certainly you know how tough this is you know how this isn't like a you know, i think lay people think they understand i don't think they really quite get uh the amount of work that goes into it and i think other comedians certainly do they know what it takes they know how much sacrifice is involved how much work is involved and so um so yeah, so I so you meet these people, and obviously people you respect and admire, and uh, and they also have the same, and it's mutual. You know, they have the same yeah. respect for you. So that's kind of a cool thing. Anyway, Dougie, well, I know you're gonna get going here, but uh, dude, a really great catching up with you, and uh, wish you nothing but the best up there in South Carolina. Next time you're down here, give old Shuby do a, uh, and we'll hang. Yeah, definitely. We're coming down in the first week in October and the middle of November. I'm coming back down to do some stuff. So uh, yeah could be staying in the Palm beach area. So, uh, listen, buddy, I really do definitely do appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing the show and uh, anything you want to, last thing you want to say where anybody can find you, where they can. Yeah. People go to my, people can go to, uh, Jimmy You can find my tour schedule there. Uh, I'll be in, uh, I'm doing, I'm going, I got St. Louis, Reno, Las Vegas, I'm doing two weeks in Vegas, one at the laugh factory, then at, uh, Brad Garrett's place. Um, also, I'm going to be at Parks in Philadelphia on the Thursday night, uh, September 15th. So, uh, Parks Casino. Uh, so, if uh, just go to my schedule. You can follow me online. Follow me on Instagram at Jimmy Schubert. Also, a TikTok at Jimmy Schubert. Uh, they they hacked my Twitter. Somebody stole my Twitter, so I don't longer have my Twitter handle. Not that they've been hmm. posting on it. They just stole it. I can't get it. Have access to it. So, wow. Uh, so I'd say follow me on Twitter, but you know it's not going to do anybody any good. But. Yeah. Yeah, be budget be some guy uh, putting his uh, dick pic on there, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, but dude, again, uh, thanks so much for doing the show, and I uh, look forward to it. And like I said, nothing better than the best thing I felt being in comedy is getting to meet great people and, and having this array of friends that are developing in this industry. And it's just great to know uh, that. Hey, good uh, guy luck like with you. the uh, World Series of Comedy when you're out there in Vegas, man. Good luck with that. Appreciate it, buddy. Jimmy Schubert, everybody, please uh, get check out, him man. out. He got a great dude, very funny guy. Like I said, one of the funniest comics I know and, uh, you know, great inspiration to me in my comedy. So with that said, that's all we have time here on the Wake Up Play with Dougie show. Uh, we appreciate that. Thanks again to Jimmy Schubert for doing a show. And, of course, uh, this week I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be at the uh, Rick's Bar Rolling Barbecue on Wednesday night this week in Las Vegas. Thursday night I'm going to be at the uh, Backyard in Henderson, uh, Nevada. And Friday and Saturday I'm going to be at Las Vegas Comedy Show Las Vegas Comedy Club in the uh, Planet Hollywood V Theater. And, of course, on Thursday, competing in the World Series of Comedy at the L.A. Comedy Club in the Stratosphere. Go to DougieAlmeda.com for more dates. God bless, everybody. Live your life. And as Jimmy says, do things you love. Don't do it for other people. God bless. And we'll see you next time here at the same spot.